Hi, this is Lisa Reed, founder of Get Speaking Gigs Now. And if you want to learn the secrets to getting booked as a speaker and staying booked as a speaker without cold calling, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I am speaking with a good friend and long term friend, Lisa Reed. Lisa is the founder of Getting Speaking Gigs Now. She coaches speakers how to get booked and attract clients through speaking. She has personally delivered over 600 speaking engagements. Oh, but wait, in approximately, probably less than six years. Do the math. That's a lot of flipping talking on a lot of days. And you can learn more about her and her resources at GetSpeakingGigsNow.com. On this episode, she will reveal the number one secret to getting booked and staying booked. Hey, I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation with Lisa. She's a plethora of information and definitely a, an expert in her field and really quick. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, I am blessed. I know, I know what your schedule's like and you know, life happens. And between between everything that's been happening, I, we've had to reschedule this so many times. I'm blessed we've managed to get it done. <laughs> well, we're determined young, uh, young women. So no, there you go. <laughs> there you go. You know, uh, right before we went live on the episode, I uh, we had this epiphany that we've known each other almost two decades, almost, not quite, almost. And, you know, we've had the privilege of getting to know each other through our journeys in business, right? Absolutely. When I first started, I taught people how to network, right? I built a seven-figure business 100% through word of mouth marketing. And, and I stepped into that and taught people that. And you had your journey as a W-2 employee. So I've, I've had the, the honor and the privilege of knowing you through the years as an employee, through your development and emergence as a business owner and entrepreneur. So what I'd like to do is really have our listeners 
really get to know you through that journey. So what was it like? Did you just wake up one day and go, yeah, I'm tired of having a secure, stable paycheck. Let's just jump off the cliff and figure out if I can print money on the way down. <laughs> I think I did that a few times, but not this time. Yeah. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I remember when I was younger, well, I grew up with my dad as a hypnotherapist mm -hmm. and him going in and out of having his own business or trying different things to basically make money to, in order to do what he loved to do. That was, that was one of my imprints that we'll probably talk about later. And so I remember when I was choosing my major in college, it was like, okay, I want to major in business because I want to have my own business. I didn't know what business that would be. I was only, <laughs> you know, 17 or whatever, but that was definitely my thought. Then I get into college. I took accounting, Stacy, I took accounting for, I think a week. And I thought, you know, I really don't think this is my lane, but I did love my speech communication class. Like I called my mom the first week of college saying I'm changing my major. And she's like, well, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, I did end up changing my major, end up getting a bachelor's and master's in that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get my own business that I remember like having a, a glimpse of a thought of like, what's a life coach? I think I could do that. I was like 20. I don't know how much experience I had at the time in life, but I, I was pretty determined. I was like, I could be a life coach. It just was different back then. This is now, you know, the early nineties. And so when I finished working at Cal State Fullerton, I was a teacher there for those times in grad school. I got a job. Like I didn't know what else I would do. You know, I didn't have an idea of, well, would I open a speech business? You know, that just wasn't, even in the realm of possibility at that time. <laughs> so it just went employee, 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 but I still had that like, oh, I think maybe I could have my own business. So I, I would stop and start a few times over the years, definitely. Mm -hmm. So nice. I would weave back and forth. Yeah. You know, it's funny when, uh, when I was in high school, well, when I was in school period, math always came easy to me. And my parents would always tell me that I was going to be an accountant because people could like throw a mathematical equation out. And as long as it was logic-based and not theory-based, I could do it in my head. Like I could do calculus in my head. Wow. I could do algebra in my head. Give me geometry and I would fail it. Because huh. don't tell me it's because of the way it is. Tell me why it's that way. So, so I, uh, I started my major out in accounting and my first class, I called my mom and I was like, yeah, no, this isn't happening. Oh my gosh. I didn't know we had that same experience. <laughs> That's why I laughed when you said that. And uh, yeah, I changed my major to business management right after that and still found out I had to take economics and accounting. However, it was far less arduous than majoring in accounting. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so through this journey, seriously, because there's this, there's this misunderstanding that being an entrepreneur, being a business owner is either hard or easy, right? Mm -hmm. People just think that it's funny because when people don't know anything about entrepreneurism or anything about small business ownership, they think that we're these multi-gazillionaires and that we really do nothing and we have a bunch of puppets that work for us. <laughs> and then there's the people who do know the other spectrum who do know what it's like, and they just can't believe it's possible. Right. So we have this dichotomous spectrum. So 
What was it like for you? Was it easy? Was it hard? Was it simple? Was it struggling? What was your journey like? I think it was all of those things in a way, because one of the things that's consistent with how I live my life, I've always done what I enjoyed doing. I, I, I always tell people sometimes I'm like, I can only do something I hate for a very short amount of time. So <laughs> no matter what I was doing, whether it was owning my own business, starting up a business, being an employee, being what it always had that theme of like, I did enjoy what I did mm-hmm. and until I didn't, or until it was like, oh, there's a time to change, but yeah, there's different. I think for me, there were different struggles in different roles. And that's why I wasn't a complete, no, I can only be an entrepreneur and I hate my job and I want to quit and I got to get out of here. I never really had that feeling, but I also wasn't like this high risk taker of like, throw caution to the wind and go out on your own with no plan. I wasn't, I was sort of kind of in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. and I've, I've done different things. My, our first big entrepreneurial experience was having a, opening up a day spa. Stacy, we opened up a day spa. I had never even had a facial before. Honestly, I swear to you. <laughs> it wasn't like, I thought I dream of having a day spa. It was literally my ex-husband. We were married at the time. He, he says, Hey, why don't we open a day spa? And I said, Oh, that sounds like a good idea. And boom, day spa open doors when my daughter was six months old. Wow. Not something I would recommend looking back now. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we were crazy. But I had two babies at the same time. I had a physical store location and a a baby. (laughs) baby. So that was hard. Yeah, I, I'm a huge proponent in if you're going to do a business, make a choice. Is it going to be owner operator or are you going to be an absentee business owner and just an investor? And if you're going to be an investor, how, what level are you going to bring in a CEO who knows the business, knows the industry? Or are you going to be the president and CEO and hire higher skilled professionals? You know, that industry, you kind of need both right? You, you need to understand. Yeah, this was, this, it was a while ago before, like, you know, there's a lot of like, there's a spa in every corner now, like but at the time there was not. <laughs> and so we were cutting edge in that way, but we, nice. we, we had business experience and we had smart. So we thought, Oh, we crease the cake. People want massages. We'll hire a therapist and voila. And yeah, it was more complicated than we thought, but I learned a lot. And then I, we sold the business somehow, luckily in 2008, I think it was 2008 or nine. And then I went back to um, become an employee. And that's when I was at Argosy when you and I met and I was happy to go for that regular paycheck at that time after going through. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In case you guys haven't noticed, Lisa's a little lazy and not, not very motivated, right? I'm so twiddling my thumbs over here, you know. Eating bonbons and watching. Yes, yeah. Right? <laughs> so, so all right. So you dug in and you start. Why speaking? I mean, whatever got you into speaking? That's a very niche industry. You know, I was never afraid of it, so that mm-hmm. wasn't a thing for me. That didn't imprint for me. My dad was a teacher speaker. He would have open houses filling up his hypnosis practice at the hotel. He'd had his tapes and his books and the set, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And my mom was a teacher as well. So I don't know nature, nurture, uh, both. And 
I remember giving my very first public talk to the entire middle school on seatbelt safety, which isn't something 13-year-olds really want to know about, but uh, (laughs) needless to say, we made it fun. We made it funny and interesting. And I I remember having a really positive experience at that, you know, occasion. Yeah. And then that's why when, you know, sitting in college, my first week sitting in a speech communication class, I'm like, I know you can major in this. What are you kidding me? Why don't you tell me that? Mm -hmm. And so it's always been comfortable for me. And I would always like insert training. Like I could write a manual. Why don't we make this easy? Like I could figure out a way that we could cut the BS out of this and just get to the point and teach people in a really simple way so they could learn it fast. And so that was always fun for me. Nice. Nice. Okay. So now, so let's, let's roll into the journey of, of the entrepreneur, which is very relative to the journey of the speaker, because really they're one and the same. And if they're not, they should be right. So before we, before we started recording, we were having a conversation about statistics Mm -hmm. and that, that statistic was if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, an independent sales professional, and you're making $80,000 a year or more, you're actually in the top 3%. Top 3%. And in a lot of states, a lot of cities, a lot of counties, $80,000 really isn't sustainable. It's not. I mean, in California, you might get an apartment, right? Maybe a one bedroom in an okay area and be able to afford a car and insurance. So the top 3% with, with such a low, low bar, and there's zero judgment and zero disrespect. It just means 97% of the people out there that are attempting to pursue success are struggling. And we were talking about why we think that is. So, so one of our conversations had to do with money. Right. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. One of our one of one of our most downloaded recordings was on money mindset. The other one, of course, is my most requested guest. And that just so happens to be Mary Lou. Right. Because of her metaphysical and holistic approach. However, when it comes to money, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you do. If you store it as private, if you store it as a secret, if you store it as if it's impolite or rude to talk about or discuss, then the messages that sends to our neurology, the messages that sends to our unconscious mind, are turn, it turns around and represents it as, some, as something's wrong with money, money's bad. Yeah. And if money's bad, if something's wrong with it, why would we ever pursue it, right? So, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who are out there, they, they show up to speak with a desired outcome. And if that desired outcome is to pull people into a product service or solution to solve a need, one or desire, that's great. They will attract it. And then when they go to close it, with that itty bitty shitty committee deploying in the background, money's bad, money's bad, money's bad. There's something wrong. We mm-hmm. don't even know that it's happening. Right. They're going to blow the close. They're going to blow the sale. Right. Um, tell me what your experience is with speakers before they come into your business. What, 
if if they even get gigs, right? What's their closing ratio like? Because a speaker is just a salesperson that's fishing with a net instead of a pole. Yeah. So what I usually start with is people come to me because they feel like they have a message that they want to share. Mm -hmm. And it's often described to me as a calling. Like I must get this out. Like it's, I've been holding on to it. I've been thinking about this, dreaming about this, wanting to do this for so long. And they see someone else on stage or they see speakers or they watch a YouTube or something like that, a TED talk. And they think that should be me. Mm -hmm. But the gap is so large, they can't quite figure out, okay, like, I don't even know what my first step would be. I have so many thoughts in my head. I don't even know how I would narrow it down to what would I talk about? What? So, so usually that's where we're starting to have the conversation about like, what would you even speak about before we talk about closing ratios? I, it's like, what would you speak about? Is there an audience for that? Like, mm -hmm. who would you speak to? And then do you have something that you could then offer? And what would that be? And so when I create the talk with them, I call it get your talk ready to rock. We actually start at the end first, Good. Um, which sometimes is a really long conversation. <laughs> That's okay. We say like, what would be the thing, the action that someone could take from stage, you know, that you're going to yeah. invite them to Yeah. that makes sense for your, where you are right now in your business. And why I don't say what's your closing ratio is because a lot of times they're like, like I, that would overwhelm them, totally overwhelm them. Yeah. The one positive that, uh, I, well, I have a lot of positives. Of course, but, ah, toot, toot, toot my own heart. But a lot of times I work with people who've never had sales training at all. Mm -hmm. Like I'll say, this is what a pipeline is. This is what prospecting is. This is what follow-up looks like. I'm not spending a ton of time telling them teaching them follow-up, but I'm going to say, here's now the next step that you would need to do. And then as they start to get those appointments, now we have to start talking about, okay, how would you, yay, you got the appointment. What are you going to do with the appointment? What is that conversation going to look like? So it's almost kind of at the end of the, the trail in their mind. I get what you're saying. You're like, no, it's the beginning. I'm like, but it's kind of the end. Gotcha. Okay. Now, before we get too far ahead, you know, our listeners are business owners, entrepreneurs, independent sales professionals, and they may be sitting back going, why does she have a speaking coach on the show? You know, why are we talking about speaking gigs? And, you know, I think I said it probably three minutes ago. You know, the, the average salesperson fishes with a pole, right? But now you can use a net. <laughs> now you can use a net. Absolutely. You know, a a, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are a plumber. It doesn't matter if you are a handyman. It doesn't matter what your specialty, what your industry, what your trade, what your expertise is. You have people out there that don't know what they don't know. You have information they don't. And it's in my humble opinion, and I'm not a speaking expert as far as teaching people. I do speak for a living. However, I don't teach people how to do it. And in my humble opinion, it's a great opportunity to educate, inform, entertain, and build that like, know, and trust factor. Absolutely. Right? So for those of you who are listening, in a nutshell, it doesn't matter what you do. And I want Lisa to pick it up from here. It really doesn't matter what you do. If you're not speaking, you should. Why? 
Yeah. It's like, you can reach more people. A lot of times I'll run into people who are like, oh, I want to, I want to be more visible. I want to get my name out there. I want to be known. And I'm like, well, this is the easiest grab to do that. You don't have to have a fancy schmancy system. You, you know, if we can narrow down some of your expertise in about a 30 minute talk, which is what I recommend mm -hmm. uh, to get started, you can always expand it to be longer, easier mm -hmm. to go longer than shorter. And um, that it ties into the next step that a prospect or someone who's interested in what you do to take, oh my gosh, like so easy. And now, I mean, I started speaking before Facebook Live was even a thing. Now we've got Facebook Live, we've got we have everything. You could speak in videos, on TikTok, on like in live, in virtual, virtual. Yeah. You could do so many things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it, it's funny. I um I'm actually speaking at an event in Florida that has 1,500 people in it, and uh, what is it? Um, I think it's in April, April or May, and I they have me doing three event, three pre events to market it, three virtual events, and it's all virtual, and it we're, we're having a blast with it. I, I say this to say, I think one of, one of the hardest things for, for entrepreneurs to wrap their head around is why they should speak. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be a professional speaker. I'm not a professional speaker. Look, if you have a mouth, if you have ears, if you understand your target market, and if you have a personality and the gift of the gab, you probably should because in my humble opinion, and again, Lisa's the expert, uh, I think people are added out from Google and from social media. You know, ads, ads are a Red Sea. And I think you need to find a blue ocean, right? Yeah, and I, I think it's like, one of the things I love working with my clients on is really uncovering their brilliance. Like everyone has something brilliant within them has some kind of knowledge or take on something or perspective that's unique and different to just their experience. And there's probably people out there who relate to whatever your perspective is, whatever your brilliance yep. is, and they need that. They're, you know, a few years behind you and you could really help them get to that, make that easier, do that thing faster, um, have a better relationship, have better health, life, what, I mean, so many things, yeah. so many things. Yeah. Now I can just hear the itty bitty shitty committee going off in, in 15,000 people's heads right now. <laughs> and that is, and that is great. So now I have to prospect. Now I have to deliver the operations of my business, find prospective clients. And now you want me to add one more find my <laughs> find my brilliance, become a speaker, and then find speaking gigs, right? So how can, how can experts in an industry get booked as a speaker without making those cold calls, without phone banging? Oh my gosh. I, I have yet to meet a lot of speakers who, and, and people, people usually do not like cold calls. I know there's some of, some people do. We're probably totally talking to someone right now who likes it, but most people don't. And so I thought, and I had done a lot of cold calling in my life when I, I was in a job where I had to make a hundred calls a day and I didn't like it. I did it. I know how to do it. I don't like it. So I thought, Hmm, there's gotta be an easier way to do this. 
And it's something I call the speaker soulmate system. Mm -hmm. It's fairly simple. It kind of goes back to friendship, which, you know, is a big thing for me. I have my podcast, how I met my BFF. I love, I love best friendship. I love friendship. It's awesome. It's a fun way to do business. We're friends, you know, and um, so it's finding a couple of people and I'm talking less than five, two, three, maybe, right. Yeah. Where you really develop a deep relationship with that person, connection, a reliable referral source with each other. Mm -hmm. And you look out for them when you're speaking and then you actively introduce them to wherever you spoke, because here's the kicker, your speaker soulmate, the perfect speaker soulmate is someone you obviously, you know, like, and trust someone who speaks at a similar frequency as you, but also speaks to the same audience as you. So most of your leads and speaking engagements are going to be a match for that person and theirs are going to be a match for you. So I, I used to love playing with Barbies. I probably still would play with Barbies if I had any, but I, I, you know, I, I have moved on in my hobbies, but I think of it as like, if one friend's got Barbie dream house and the other one's a Barbie Corvette, like you put them all together. It's like, Hey, Barbie is looking pretty good. She's got a good life right now. Barbie's so, balling. <laughs> Barbie's balling. Exactly. Hashtag Barbie's balling. And so that's how I think of this. And I've utilized the system for almost 10 years now. Mm. And I just don't prospect for speaking engagements because I get introduction, inter, introductions, introductions to them. Yeah. yeah. And same. And I give that as well. I don't just take, right. It's a give and take, but makes it real simple. You know, I, uh, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of event planners and what, what a lot of people don't know is event planners make commissions off speakers, right? So, so the, the better your closing ratio is, we'll bring up that again, right? The better your closing ratio is, the more appealing you are to them, right? And just like in sales, it's the same for speakers. The average salesperson, the average speaker closes 10% of the sales just because there's a need, want, and desire. You're well-trained. You're well-trained salespeople and speakers. Well, well-trained salespeople close about 30% because they've got that one-on-one -on -one rapport and porcupine close and everything like that. The, the well-trained speakers, they close between 15 and 20%, right? My my one-on-one sales closing ratio was 88%. My closing ratio as a speaker from a platform is between 40 to 60%. Now, look, I'm, I'm bringing this up far from intending to impress you. I want to impress upon you. Sales is not a numbers game, right? Speaking is not a numbers game. This is about truly understanding the needs, wants, and desires that are standing in front of you and showing up completely transparent in a space of service, understanding the science of human behavior so that you can truly serve and never have to sell. That's the whole foundation of this show is selling without selling. And when you have that negative relationship with money, the itty bitty shitty committee, when you when you're when you've got that self-worth, self-confidence issue, you go out on stage, they're gonna see it, they're gonna hear it, they're gonna feel it, and they're gonna know it. Right. Yeah. Those spotlights expose everything. And I'm not talking visually, I'm talking metaphorically. Right. 
So, you know, when you said that, that these people that, that come to you to find their greatness, right? And they're not even looking at the end game. My question's why? Yeah, I think it's a matter of not knowing what you're supposed to know and not knowing like it. I remember my first sales job was in, well, the one where I really, really took it seriously. Um, I <laughs> sold Mary Kay cosmetics when I was in college. Yep. I was approached by the, the gal who did my skincare class. She's like, you know, you'd be really good at this. I'm like, well, what do you do? And she goes, oh, you make 50%. I'm like, okay, cool. Hand on my credit card, bought $1,800 worth of product. I was 20. <laughs> And made all my, you know, opened up my business checking account and had my little index card box of like my, you know, who do I call and what lipstick shade do they, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I would listen to those sales tapes like all the time and continue to would do these sales trainings over the years. And I'm always surprised, like there's a lot, a lot, a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, who are speakers, who've never had any sales training at all. Yeah. So that's what I think there's this gap of like, I don't even know, wait, what do you mean a close or a who or a call? What's a CTA? What's a call to action? Uh, not, and I'm not talking everybody. I have also oh, clients yeah. who are savvy yeah. with that. So I do not mean that all my clients are like that, but there are some that we're, we're working on some of those pieces. Yeah. Hashtag disclaimer. <laughs> yes, definitely. I have a lot of clients who do know what those things are. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, and, and reality is it, it doesn't matter how educated you are in speaking. It doesn't matter how educated you are in coaching. It doesn't matter how educated you are in personal and professional development or selling it. The day you stop learning is the day you start, you stop growing. And when you stop growing, universal law is you're, you're moving. Dying. You're either, you're either going forward or backwards. We're never staying the same. So, so it doesn't matter how developed or how groomed we are. You know, we should always be investing in ourselves because if we don't, how can anybody else ever invest in us? Right. So going back to speaking the, you know, I, I think one of my biggest questions for you is is that that person that that professional that does find their 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 greatness their excellence and they are a resident expert in their field do they do they deliver this hardcore canned scripted presentation or does it come from the heart i think that I love that question because a lot of times I think there's a lot of myths about speaking like, well, I'd have to write a script. Well, could I have my notes? Well, I'll just throw it up all on a slide and read from that, which, oh, don't do any of those things. Or <laughs> I have to memorize it word for word. I'm like, don't do that either. Nope. So my philosophy, and this is, you know, coming from a bachelor's and master's in speech communication, I, I, I don't ever recommend memorizing your script or even quote unquote, having a script for your talk. There are times and there are moments in which a person would be like, if you are tapped to give an Academy Award, then yes, you will be reading from the prompt and you should probably say what's on the prompt, <laughs> on the teleprompter or giving like a formal address of some sort. But 
um, when you're up there on stage connecting with the audience, creating this, you know, creating rapport, creating authority, all those things seeding into your program or whatever product that you have, then I, I highly recommend you have a plan so you know, okay, I'm going to hit these points because I've already considered why this is so valuable to the audience and how does this tie in to that next step that's natural, that's going to fit for them, whether that's purchasing something right then or getting on the phone with you or whatever that is, whatever that step is, you need to be as a speaker, super duper crystal clear. I consider you the tour guide. And if people signed up to get a kiss with the dolphins, you better get them to that dolphin pond and get that kiss. <laughs> you know, like if they end up at a volcano, they're gonna be like, wait, I did not sign up for this trip. I don't, I don't know where are we going? I don't know what's yep. happening. So it's kind of like that. And I have one client, she's very, you know, um, open, airy, soul connected, soul message. And she's like, how do I like incorporate? Like, what if I get a, a download in the middle of my talk? I'm like, well, then you can use that. Yeah. So in her structure, it would be like, let's make sure there's space for those downloads to come in so that she feels she's got some wiggle room and that not every second is taken up by mm -hmm. content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, for me, I have PowerPoint slides that have a picture on it. Yeah, that's fine. That picture, that picture is kind of like my outline. Yeah. So you're like, I oh, know, yeah. Yep. I know, I know this is what this picture means. This is what I get to talk about during this segment. I have about this much time to talk about it. And because I've connected with whoever's out in the audience, those downloads happen, right? Because, mm -hmm. because we're all just energy. And reality is if we stay, if we stay scripted, if we stay memorized, we're going to stay in our head. And if we mm -hmm. stay in our head, we're never going to connect to them. Well, then and it also, it's like all about you. Like if, if I'm the speaker and I'm worried about my content, how good of a job I'm going to do. And, oh, I can't remember what I was going to say. I better, you know, all that stuff is about me as the speaker. Then I, it's very difficult for me then to connect with the audience and serve with openness mm -hmm. because I'm so consumed with my own stuff. So yeah. that's where it's like, I, you know, we work on what I call the un unconscious competence. I'm like, we got to get you to where you feel. I don't know how many times this is going to be. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know what, what your process is going to be. We can talk about that. But like, when do you feel like, you know what I could, and I say like, um, I want to be able to give your talk in a boat with a goat in a box with a fox. Like you want to be like, they're like, can you come tomorrow? Yes. No problem. I'll be there. I want you to just feel like you can deliver your goods because it's in your bones, it's in your DNA. Yeah. The lights go out, the computer fries, whatever. You don't have your slides, you don't have anything. I still want you to be able to go for it. Yeah. You know, uh, for those of you who don't know what in, in unconscious incompetence is, oh. <laughs> what it is we don't know that we don't know. And, you know, I, I jokingly refer to them as blind spots, right? So you kind of opened the door for me to step right into it. So let's talk about the dolphin kiss, right? Yes. Yeah. In your bio, in your bio, you promised the number one secret to getting booked and staying booked. And we promised it to them. So let's kiss the dolphin. What is Well, this? I did already deliver that, but I'm going to repeat it just in case we were, I wasn't really um, obvious. Okay. That speaker soulmate system. Nice. And it's one of those things where I've been, you know, when you had mentioned I'd given over 600 talks, I mean, several hundred of those are from one person. 
Wow. One speaker soulmate. So I think there's just this myth that like, you have to like, you know, metaphorically or real or literally give out your business card or like hunt people down, which I don't think people appreciate (laughs) (laughs) selling, (laughs) selling, but not selling. It's like, don't do that. And I'm really developing a true connection, a true relationship with a couple, like I said, less than five, you know, maybe it's three people and think of it as a long-term game, not a short-term game. Yeah. Speaking is a long-term, like the, the gig you probably have in April, you, they, you have a good reputation. You've been around the block with this, you know, people know you don't have to. In every bathroom wall. Hunt, yeah, exactly. Or they probably got your phone number, right? Um, yeah. So it, it's a long game. Yeah. And it's worth it. It is. It is. Absolutely. So welcome to the signature question of the show. And Lisa, that is what does selling without selling mean to you? I'm so on the same page with you in, in many ways. To me, it's like serving and matching. Yeah. Like I had a job at a company that will remain anonymous and for two weeks. Remember I said, I can't do anything that I hate yep. <laughs> for yep. very long. two weeks, I think is my max. Well, it's probably <laughs> less than that now. I was, I was a little more tolerant back then about doing things I don't like. And I had to memorize a script and sell something I could give a crap about. Right. And I was trying to make it mean something and it didn't. And so for me, I just, I cannot sell anything. I don't believe in a hundred percent or that I don't believe is really for that person's highest interest. Nice. Nice. Okay. That's fair. You know, for, for me, I'd, I'd like to add to that a little bit. So many people look at the external part, the prospective client, the follow-up, the funnel, the, the, the sale, the closing, the prospecting. I mean, I could go on and on and on and Reality is you're the common denominator in everything in your life. Where we go, we follow, good and bad, right? So if you have these patterns in life that continue to happen, chances are it's because that's a program that runs in you. And so many people fail to realize that success isn't hard. You know, being, creating, developing, becoming a millionaire isn't hard. However, only 3% make over 80,000 a year. And out of that 3%, 1% of them ever hit seven figures. Mm. Sales success is simple because it's a science. When you do the inner work, when you understand you, so many invest in laptops and technology and smartphones and smart pads, They're constantly allowing the hardware and the software to update, and yet they spend absolutely no time updating themselves. They spend absolutely no money updating themselves. Or my favorite is, oh yeah, I focus on personal and professional development all the time. I listen to five audible books and I spend an hour a day on YouTube. Great. So in other words, you're learning what people want to control because books and YouTube are marketing. And it's so that they can build the relationship with you 
so that you can trust them to end up in the product, service, and solution. However, reality is so many people don't trust themselves enough to invest in themselves. And the outer is never going to work if you don't do the inner work. And you know, I wanna I, I wanna avoid being doom and gloom. It's just reality. You yeah. are the common denominator. And get out of your way. And I can promise you, you'll always have your way. And so many people fail to embrace the simplicity in that. You know, I let go a long time ago and I have eight coaches and I am literally a puppet. You know, they don't tell me what to do. They just drive me neurotically crazy by exposing every blind spot I have so that I can become even better, which then allows me to hire even better people, which then allows me to help people even easier. Success isn't hard. Success isn't easy. Success is simple because it's a science and it's the science of human behavior starting with you. And then when you allow yourself to reprogram, then you can learn all those sexy ninja sales tricks and they're not tricks because if you're using them as tricks, that's manipulation. It's about being able to influence. And that's why speaking is so important because when you do become that resonant expert as a speaker, when you do find your brilliance and your excellence, you have a lot of empowerment standing in front of people, serving them. And that gives you a lot of influence and you can mess it up or dress it up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Thanks. So any last advice that you can give them to get out of their way and serve easier, serve more people from the realm of speaking? I'm a huge fan of get ready to be ready. I think when you, there's a lot of things with speaking that anyone can do to just say, you know what? Okay, I'm going to get my talk done. I'm going to figure out where I'm going to speak. What's my strategy going to be? Let me get my speaker in. You're like all just some pieces. If you want to do this, just you do your homework ahead of time. Yeah. You can get it done. And yeah. then you can go out and be a speaker, but you have to start somewhere. You have to start, you know, at one and then that'll be two and three and so on. Yeah, and um, I, I'd like to uh, spank the unicorn, so to speak, since Lisa didn't bring it up. Good is good enough. If you focus on perfect, you'll yep, never- Yeah, done is it. better than perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Get her yep. done. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> I know so many people that are like, oh, well, it's not perfect yet. Perfect a unicorn. You know, it's, it's not going to happen. Like Lisa said- done is better than perfect because done will get it done. Right. I, yeah. I think of a talk as like an organism anyway, or a child that you're raising. It's like, it's going to grow, it's going to evolve, but you don't know what it's going to evolve into until you go and do it. It's like Jerry Seinfeld. He doesn't do his HBO special cold. He's no. already gone and shopped it around. He's gone to the local. That's if you see Jerry Seinfeld at your local improv, that's what he's doing. He is preparing for his next big thing. And he's seeing yeah. what laughs which one gets the joke, you know, that's, and so speakers like, yeah, you got to get out there and try it. It's, yeah. It's okay. yeah, you do. Absolutely. 
I remember one time when I said something from the stage and got crickets and I was like, oh yeah, that's not going to ever work again. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, well, I thought it was funny, but I know, right. Well, that's just not. how brain works anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so Lisa, welcome to the random round. I believe that success leaves clues. And I like to ask our guest experts, uh, a couple questions and so that our listeners can turn around and say, you know what, I really like that. And I want to apply it to myself or my business or my life. Sure. So my question for you, I have two for you. First one is uh, what's your morning ritual look like? Um, what I do in the morning for is I really focus on my spiritual and mental intention for the day. Mm -hmm. So I pull a couple of different cards, um, from two different decks and, uh, just ask a question if I'm feeling compelled mm -hmm. or, and just kind of go, Hmm, sometimes I'm surprised. Sometimes I'm like, Oh yeah, that's all right. That's exactly what I'm going through. But I just use it as a way to practice my divine connection. To me, yeah. that's important. It's like, and it's a daily thing. And I'm learning as I'm, um, doing my spiritual practice as well. Right. And then I also write, uh, two different books I have that I write in. One is uh, Captured Moments. So I'll reflect back on what happened yesterday. It's a little different than a gratitude journal. It's like, oh, what was a memory that came up from yesterday that I want to just jot down? And I remember when I started my, it was the one of the first entries is taking my daughter to the beach for the first time. And now she's 19. So now I don't, I didn't do it for 19 years. I will say that, but it's really powerful. And then the other thing I write is I write a little note to my dad. He passed away several years ago and it's a way for me to feel like we're still chatting, you know, yeah. and sometimes it might be deep questions and sometimes it might be just a little update on life and it helps me feel calm and, and supported. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So my last random round question is, um, uh, what is your favorite word and why? My current favorite word is delight. And delight. it's my word for the year. And I decided I've often used this over the years in my intention writing, um, because I find that when I intend to experience delight, I look for it more and delight is never going to let you down. You know, it's like, Delight's a good thing. Surprises, we don't always, you know, flat tires, a surprise, you may, may not want that surprise, but delight is like a surprise that has a little like cherry on top. It's like a good one. So mm -hmm. like I ran into a girlfriend of mine that I hadn't seen in years, the other totally random. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was delight, like hand delivered to me. Wow. I love that. I love that. All right. Well, Lisa, I truly, honestly appreciate you coming on the show. I know how busy you are. I know what your schedule's like. And if our listeners want to find you, follow you, reach out to you, connect with you, how can they? They can find me on getspeakinggigsnow.com. That's gigs with an S because of course you want more than one. <laughs> and there is five top tips to get more speaking gigs. You can just grab that right on the homepage there. It'll see a little pop-up or a little form you can fill out and that'll go right to your inbox. Lots awesome. of tips. Awesome. Thank you so much. Make sure you do that because it really doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you are. We always want to find other ways to differentiate, differentiate ourselves from our competition. So I'm telling you, speaking has been a huge impact to my ability to touch lives and make a difference. 
And I hope you find your brilliance, your excellence, and your greatness to do the same. And hey, your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you and for you. I'd love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram, follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. And since you already have your phone in your hand, now hop over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's hop over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. Both areas give a lot of fun tips and interaction, and we're constantly posting in both. And last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you and get feedback on the episodes to find out if there's any topics that you're interested in to help make this show more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of, desired, and know you deserve. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. And hey, always remember this. Choice is a powerful thing, and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so you can get on your way, so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.